Hi, this is Sarah from Weird Horizon. You're joining me for a slightly different episode today, where I'm joined by a good friend, Lewis, as we talk about hollow earth theory and some of the ways it intersects with popular culture. I'll be returning in a couple of weeks to have a deep dive into the origin of the theory, but for now, just enjoy a little discussion between us. So, what do you know about hollow earth? Oh, not a lot, but God, do I want to know. I'm Go very on. excited. I wouldn't say it's a, a special interest of mine, but it's... Uh, it's just one of those things that I've not spoken about a lot, but it, it keeps popping up, mm-hmm. uh, whether that be in fiction or, or uh, you know, in movie, Godzilla. In Godzilla, <laughs> King Godzilla versus King Kong. The entry point to Hollow Earth. Oh, when we were watching that, I had no idea, no conception that there was going to be anything Hollow Earth related. And I wasn't even like interested in Hollow Earth at that point. But I remember us just watching it and then just sort of looking towards each other and be like, what? <laughs> because this, for me, came completely out of left field. Like, right. hollow F references aren't the kind of thing you see referenced typically. So I guess I have a question for you. Is like, is this just part of Godzilla? <laughs> or did they fully pull that out of their ass? Well, as with many Godzilla things, the history is a little complicated. For example, um, one, of, one of the classic uh, early Godzilla films revolves around uh, Godzilla and the robot Jet Jagar fighting the, the large monster Megalon, who comes from Seatopia, uh, which is a, a, a deep underground land. Okay. Um, which is it's kind of at the center of the Earth. It's, it's, it's these people that have lived uh, underground Earth uh, for for millennia, like and an Atlantis kind of thing. Exactly, it's okay. it's an Atlantis kind of thing, but it hits all the same marks. You know mm-hmm. this this ancient underground society, you know uh, that have always been there, and uh, you know they sort of uh, emerge. You know, and there's this 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 pathway that the monster Megalon travels up to to reach the surface world. Where where is this pathway? That's my first question. Is where is it? Japan? Okay, so is this like a Japan's answer to a kind of Atlantis thing? I've never heard of it, so I'm guessing <laughs> is this a creation of, you know, Toho? Yeah, I, I guess so, yeah. I'd say so. Seatopia is is definitely a creation of, of, of Toho specifically, but it heavily borrows from, you know, a lot of uh, pre-existing sort of... Um, pulp ideas of you know you know the journey to the center of the earth and there's this magical kingdom you know mm-hmm. uh, or whatever but it, it it is funny that you know there there were these kind of like plot points that showed up and this is like back in the the early 1960s yeah and then all the way in 2019 we've got the rematch of Godzilla versus King Kong made um, by a Western studio, like you say, as a, as a huge plot point, mm-hmm. they have to just straight up travel to the center of the Earth. Yeah, very unambiguously, this is the center of the Earth, a hollow Earth, and like inhabited in the same way, like a proper Jules Verne, this is <laughs> like lush wilderness and everything. Yeah. And like that, where did that come from? <laughs> I just, I don't understand because Godzilla... Mm-hmm every iteration has got something to say about where Japan is at that particular point. Um, it's because of uh, mankind's pollution of the oceans. It starts with them at the beach, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. It's, and it's... they're having like a Coca-Cola. 
with, I think, yeah. with their adopted son. It's very unclear what their relationship is with that kid. I don't know. They, one of them is an inventor and has made this, this paddle boat uh, for their kid. They're at the beach. Uh, at the lake, it looks like a quarry. <laughs> it looks like like a, like every Doctor Who set. But suddenly, you know, a great fissure opens up, and like a big sink hole, like a bath plug being taken out, the the lake empties, mm. and there's this there's this fissure that was started by the people of of uh, of Seatopia to to send this this monster to go get revenge on the earth. And he spends a lot of time breaking dams and stuff, which seems a little ass backwards. Maybe that's the right angle to go with, like I said, like a sort of nature's revenge kind of thing. Yeah. It does seem to be quite overtly about like, look, this is what you've done to the planet. And mm. like, is Seatopia supposed to be, well, it sounds like Utopia. Like, is this supposed to be the ideal world before it's kind of I mean, polluted and destroyed? I mean, potentially. We don't see an awful lot of Seatopia. What's interesting, I suppose, is that the actors who portray the Seatopians are uh, Western. You know, mm-hmm. they're, uh, they're not Japanese dudes. So yeah. are they alien then? And have re... Well, they're not humans. They they do seem to be sort of of Seatopia first and foremost. They're like the, mm-hmm. the, the OG people of Earth. They're like the, the, the top surface dwellers. These guys are the real deal. Like I say, it's not explored super thoroughly. There's a lot of ideas going on there. It's clearly a reason for them, yeah. It's very oh, intentional. For sure. I don't remember, because we watched that one after we watched the bonkers new one. <laughs> I don't remember if there are any references to Zootopia in it. I'm wondering if you've seen it since. No, um, there's no overt references. But, you know, this this um, Centre of the Earth thing, it didn't come out of, of nowhere, this this uh, hollow earth in, in the new Godzillas, in the, the, uh, the fans call them the Legendary series. Those movies have been very popular and successful, and alongside that came Kong Skull Island. Mm-hmm. And in that movie they explicitly talk about hollow earth theory um the uh, the I don't remember that. yeah yeah there's um it's john goodman plays the scientist and they they go to skull island uh in their vietnam war helicopters mm-hmm. and they drop survey charge bombs basically and they uh they create these explosions but they're doing that to get a, a sonar impression of the the ground underneath skull island Okay. It, yeah. As it turns out, Skull Island is just riddled with these tunnels that go to this hollow earth, which is where Kong and all these giant monsters hang out. And as we see, fast forwarding all the way to uh, Godzilla versus Kong, King Kong comes from this race of giant apes that used to hang out in the center of the earth yep. and had like a big throne and a, a laser axe that gets powered up by Godzilla's nuclear breath. Are they, were they supposedly there before humans then? Yeah, but not too long before humans, because in the one before that, Godzilla King of the Monsters, <laughs> there's a bit where they Godzilla gets injured. He goes into one of these tunnels in the middle mm. of the ocean. They follow him there in a submarine, and they go past all these giant structures and hieroglyphics, which kind of suggests that, you know, Atlantis is a thing, I guess. There was, or at least a group of of sentient people built this giant 
temple to Godzilla um, where the natural radiation of Earth spills out and sort of recharges Godzilla. Okay, that's great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I really like the Godzilla and King Kong universe idea of Hollow Earth because, mm. like, it seems very, like, old school, just the idea that it would have, like, advanced hidden civilizations that have, they kind of keep themselves themselves except for when the stupid surface dwellers are doing something they shouldn't do absolutely i really like that it's a proper like nice old-fashioned view <laughs> of hollow earth uh, the question i have is king kong versus godzilla i remember them going down into the center and it seemed to be quite a big open area yes my question is because it's like there's at least well Broadly, there's two different kinds of of hollow earth. So right. there's the idea that it's there's lots of interconnected, like caverns or caves. Yeah. Um, and there was this French a French guy whose name I can't remember now who came up with like the two specifications for hollow earth, <laughs> and one of them is Gruyere, <laughs> like a like a cheese, <laughs> and another one is like like a gourd. It's a French word for like a like you know hollow like a gourd. So right. So you which version is it? Because we see fairly big open sections but at the same time from what i remember seeing you kind of you can see the edges of it you know yes it is a finite space mm -hmm. so the way i interpreted it i think they left it pretty open-ended probably because they didn't want you to think about it as much as we're thinking about it God damn. but the way i interpreted it was that there is a large but relatively compared to the surface area of a relatively small in a ecosystem mm -hmm. from which the there are these these channels or tunnels that lead to the rest of earth it's how godzilla in those movies is shown to travel so fast is that he dives into these holes at the bottom of the ocean and can reappear somewhere else on earth uh, by accessing these channels he's able to I love to... that <laughs> but i think unless he is powered by a fucking jet engine. <laughs> Even if he were to take the comparatively short route and go through the center of the fucking earth, it's not really going to be fast travel, is it? Like, mm, you, know, you you raise a, a very good point. Um, from what I remember, we don't really see Godzilla like hanging out in in the Hollow Earth, and it's weird because he he clearly has this knowledge of traveling um, through these these spaces. But in that movie, when he figures out that King Kong is in the center of the hollowed earth, he just starts shooting his radioactive breath into the ground to tunnel his way there. Okay. Like, so I guess it's like equidistant then. It's right at the center. This isn't like a pocket underneath the earth. This is supposedly the, the core of the earth. The core of the so earth. So you just, just, wherever you are, just go down, yeah. straight down. Yeah. There is one other way of interpreting uh, the legendary Godzilla-verse hollow earth. Go on. So Godzilla is able to travel through these these tunnels that connect to other places on earth however as we see in king kong versus godzilla when they travel to the hollow earth uh with king kong and their specialized zero g craft they go through what i can only describe as a 2001 space odyssey portal okay so there may be on the upper crust of of earth these subterranean tunnels that lead to other places yeah. And then, disconnected from all of that, there is this inner core right at the very center, mm -hmm. which you have to access 
by using whatever magic they did to to get there in that movie. Again, we're dealing with these giant monsters. Their hearts are fusion reactors, and yeah. they live for a, a billion years. So maybe they just have the ability to do that. I guess. Yeah, that's one of the one of the issues. There are obviously a lot <laughs> of issues, the issue, but yeah. like whether if a hollow earth existed of that kind that's just in the center of the earth would it be human accessible yeah well that's the thing in those movies they require all this super advanced technology far in, in excess of what we have now mm-hmm. if there were this ancient civilization that was you know building stuff um, for these monsters or whatever they must have lived at a time when accessibility to it was easier i guess yeah unless they just never left i guess I mean, that's possible. There are humans living on Skull Island in those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we know, Skull, as we all know, Skull Island, <laughs> Skull Island is, is just riddled with these, these paths. It's such a weird reference to, to put in a film from coming out in 2019. So it's very old fashioned Hollow Earth theory at a time when like modern Hollow Earth theories are a thing. There are just this conspiracy theory kind of pipeline is a very real real thing of just people kind of getting funneled down into the worst aspects of this kind of countercultural anti-scientific thought you know yeah in that it's it's a hard thing to talk about now because you just you trip up into the what if there are nazis in the middle of the earth kind (laughs) of people you know yeah. So, like, it's the kind of thing you can write, a, you can have a film about in the 60s and 70s, and it could be quite an earnest. Like, there's not really many caveats to it, but now I find it, they must have had a really weird discussion in the boardroom where they're like, okay, we're going to, like, overtly, no caveats, this is going to be Hollow Earth. Okay, but, like, you've got to be aware that yeah. it comes with a lot of baggage nowadays. You can't just have a Hollow Earth story without there being a lot of baggage associated. And I really want to know what kind of conversation they went through with that. Yeah, no, you raise a good point. A lot of these monster movies, because of how long they've been going on, they've already encountered issues like this in the the past in in a way. I mean, look at King Kong. King Kong lives on this island, right? Always has done. He comes from this this island and then he gets captured and taken to New York. Mm -hmm. And the idea of there being somewhere on Earth this unexplored territory or or landmass, it's, it's kind of impossible to believe realistically in this mm. day and age. They, they were really pushing it in the latest Kong movie by having it set in the, uh, like, uh, the 70s, the sort of Vietnam War era. Yeah. The one that was made previously before that was the Peter Jackson one, which was back in the 20s, 30s. The point is that um, when you have people in movies go to the ancient islands that time forgot, you run into issues about like how uh, native people are represented. No one, to, at least to my knowledge, is is suggesting that there's this uh, landmass on planet Earth right now that exists uh, that people are aware of but uh, are really keeping kept hidden. You, you know, because people fly places and they, they yeah. know about it. Uh, That's a very good point, though. I don't think anyone's ever brought up... Um the hollow earth theory in terms of okay what if it did exist what if we did find it like that's a whole potentially it's a whole civilization of people whose land you're just gonna fucking colonize i guess <laughs> like it's got this like old proper old school colonialism sort of vibe to it like this is the last place that we could potentially 
find and fucking put our flag on. Yeah. You know, like that and the moon. Like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you when you really look back at like, you know, early uh, fiction that takes place at the centre of the earth, it's it's often in the frame of this kind of this explorer that, you mm-hmm. know, the first surface dweller to discover this brand new virgin territory that's been uh, mm-hmm. preserved or whatever. Um, you know, because they've already, you know, in quotation marks, discovered, you know, America and and Africa and all that's been colonized and taken over now. What's left? Uh, the Arctic Circle? You know, yeah. what after that? Uh, we've done all the little islands in the middle of the ocean. Sure, we found the big apes. Fantastic. What What is left? What is left? You're absolutely right. It's space or the center of the earth. It's it's so strange you, yeah, you brought that up because I, when I was reading about, there's one big American name that comes up when you talk about Hollow Earth. And he's the guy who has the uh, Hollow Earth monument. It's John Sims Jr. To cut a long story short, he came up with this theory of the Hollow Earth and he just sent this out to everyone. Everyone he could get in touch with. Like anyone universities? Anyone who would listen. And... Yeah, it was yeah. 1818 and he was like, I'm just going to send this to fucking everyone. <laughs> I will not rest until we have found this thing. There's an entrance, North Pole, South Pole. Let's go get it. Come on, let's go. <laughs> going to colonize this for America. <laughs> but he kind of birthed a whole genre of fiction because funnily enough, he, they did manage to kind of on the back of his canvassing fund a expedition to the South Pole. And they didn't really find a lot because mostly they were going to go kill loads of seals. <laughs> <laughs> and they were pretty much all dead by this point. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was like the heyday of um, yeah the whole economic sort of point behind it was uh, seals oh gosh uh, they get there's a couple of fossils not a lot of seals pointless <laughs> the um, ladder to the center of the earth is built on the backs of a thousand seals, seals. <laughs> but yeah he sort of his main uh, legacy really was that he has a very specific kind of subterranean fiction named after him so like wow. simsian subterranean fiction simsian. very specific wow but it's one of those things where trying to categorize early um like sci-fi or utopian fiction before these genres really existed. I was reading about some of the um, genre descriptions people come up with and the amount of times that it's specifically Europeans Mm. for it to be like a utopian (laughs) sci-fi narrative. It's specifically Europeans going out and discovering this because that's the kind of viewpoint it's coming from like yeah it can only be europeans for some reason it's not that old that's the thing these kinds of these ideas in fiction they're not that old in that we've only very recently given them genres Mm. you know like the first sci-fi yeah widely like discussed but like probably frankenstein right the first sci-fi novel very very new um notions yeah they're, they're modern they're modern stories yeah so it's really Hollow Earth has gone through a, a lot of twisty turnies in <laughs> honestly not that long a time. Like we've gone from the 60s and like this quaint idea of it to, yeah, what we're at now. You're right, actually, yeah. Um, the the individual like uh, parts of those stories, you know, you know, what the, what the actual you know ingredients that, that go into them has, has sort of changed with time. When they're early on, they... I suppose they're more fantastical, but then they get more rooted in science of the time. You know, they're, they're, mm-hmm. there's some scientific founding to some of those uh, fantastical ideas, and this whole concept has sort of evolved 
but like you say, only over what, like 200 years and a bit? Yeah, realistically, 200 years or so of it really being a popular genre. Like, arguably, I'd say Journey to the Center of the Earth is is probably the first. There are people who came up with Hollow Earth stories before then. Yes. But they, it was usually just a part of it. There's a Poe novel, his only novel. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. That was before then, but it, it really... I was reading a summary of it, and it reads like Poe was writing a novel, right? He's writing a novel about some mariners, and then he hears about this <laughs> this guy's hollow earth theory and just fucking shoehorns it at yeah. the end. Um, and like just, in the, like the last like five pages, very end, yeah. Just and then they uh, sailed to the South Pole. Gone. Oh no! <laughs> like it very much comes out of nowhere. So like realistically, yeah, you're talking two hundred years at most of hollow earth theory yeah the oldest one i could find that isn't you know i mean you could argue that we've been you know telling stories about people living underground for you know a bajillion years you know that there's mm-hmm. like plato's allegory of the cave you yeah. know or um uh, hell yeah hell right people sort of imagine that as being in this sort of subterranean mm-hmm. place like in dante's inferno right they literally physically traveled down yeah the underworld like the literal physical underworld yes. under our world yeah that's how that works you know the, the heavens are literally above us in yeah. the clouds the oldest one i could find was um and again it's a little different neil's klim's Underground Travels, which is a, a Dutch story uh, from 1741. It's the story of a man uh, who falls for a considerable time down a hole and he's attacked by a griffin. He's then put on trial by utopian tree people. It's actually a, a satire. Um, mm-hmm. uh, basically, everything that happens to him is like um, societal things at the time, uh, but like told from a flipped perspective basically it's weird because even some of those tropes show up a lot in in later mm-hmm. fiction falling for a long period of time weirdly popular they really love to talk about how long people fall yeah i do like stories that start with you accidentally falling into the center <laughs> of the earth there's one you know oh, we're gonna set off an expedition we're gonna go through a volcano or we're gonna <laughs> go to the poles yeah. and then there's just Oops. Yeah, there's just a big old, they, they they stand on some ice and it cracks and they fall through. Was there a Brendan Fraser journey to the centre of the earth or something? There was a Brendan Fraser journey yeah. to the centre of the earth. And like yeah. that opens basically on a joke where they're falling and they're screaming and then they run out of breath. And then they're like bored of, of fall. Um, although apparently that's not actually too far from the truth. Uh, there was just a hole mm-hmm. um, uh, that, just a, that goes straight to the, the centre of the earth. Like you could fall in a straight line, uh, free fall for 18 minutes. If you wanted to go um, pole to pole, so if you went mm. all the way through, and let's assume that gravity isn't, it, you're just going to get to your maximum acceleration yeah. and you're going to pass through. Uh, let's just assume that. We don't fucking know. But it's it, you could probably watch one episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's about one, like, you know, take away the adverts. It's about one episode of something. So genuinely yeah. long enough to get bored with it. I am interested in fiction where it kind of explains how you get to the inside. Yeah. Because I think in the Godzilla one, if I'm right, they just, there's like a, like a train. They get in like the, in in a special craft. They have to pass through uh, some kind of energy field or barrier and it it looks like a portal, Mm -hmm. Uh, but they need a, a, a zero gravity craft to do it because 
in their hollow earth there's no gravity point where you know mm. if you passed through it suddenly you'd be falling upwards yeah because that would in theory be what would happen at the very center wouldn't it because yeah. you know the gravity works pulls inwards towards the center of the planet mm. so in theory yeah you'd get to the middle and there'd just be a little point where you yeah no gravity yeah my understanding of how gravity works is that you know it's you know you got like let's say you got some really dense matter you know mm. and then stuff gets pulled towards it with gravity and then more stuff gets pulled and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and that's how planets are formed it's either there's like one rock and then mm-hmm. more came uh but i guess in the, in the godzilla film there there is no rock that pulls everything together it's just like a point yeah that's <laughs> It's the interesting thing about it because it kind of made more sense when people had different ideas of how the planet was formed. Mm. Like there's some really early hollow earth theories came up because obviously they knew the planet was large and spherical and knew that the planet was spinning, uh, but didn't quite understand how it sort of held itself together. So one of the questions was like, would it be sort of spinning to the point that centrifugal force would kind of push out this crust but again that implies that it's sort of spinning around a center like it has to be anchored on something yeah but that was one of the uh, that was one of the theories that if it was spinning then in theory if it was sort of there was mass to it it would be thinner at certain points because the mass would kind of be drawn outwards like how the oceans get sucked and yeah, uh, you know, by the moon's gravity. I see what you mean. Yeah, but it's like kind of that would be kind of assuming there's like a rod that goes from the north and the south pole, and it's literally just, yeah. it's spinning around it like that. Which yeah, is no obviously one... not correct. But yeah, uh... no, no one talks about you know candy floss earth theory, where there's just like a, a no. stake through it. <laughs> one concept which you you see a lot, which kind of kills two birds with one stone, uh, which is you know how do we support this ecosystem at the center of the earth, and how is gravity achieved if the earth is hollow? Well, there's an internal sun. Mm-hmm. I've heard this passed around. Kind of sort of hand-waved away a lot of movies. Like, I think it's Ice Age 3, Dawn <laughs> of the Dinosaurs, a kid's movie. There's, like, dinosaurs underground, and they are definitely underground. Yeah. But there are, like, plants and things, and there's a day-night cycle. So okay. they're getting their sunlight from somewhere. But, like, surely that means somewhere on Earth, there'd be, like, on the edge of a cliff, you could look over and there would be this tropical paradise for the dinosaurs. Yeah, that's the thing, because, yeah, this idea of the internal sun, life, we need sunlight to, to live as we, as we know it. You couldn't have, you couldn't go down and see this lush vegetation if there was no sun. Yeah. One of the ideas is that there's, like, a sun moon. <laughs> so half of it's the sun. I know! Half of it's the moon. What?! <laughs> just turns round. Some people expand on this theory and say, well, maybe we're inside of this earth now. I have, I, (laughs) unscientific person that I am, have been outside (laughs) and seen the sun and seen the moon. So already, (laughs) I think there's a problem with that. From one person observing at one point, implying that you could never have multiple people looking up at at the sky at the same time, which... You know, we're able to do that now. That's something you can do. But if you could only ever view the universe from your specific viewpoint, I guess things like that could make sense. Sure. It's it's just <laughs> something you can just kind of like look at and your brain's like, nah, chief. Yeah, no. Imagine <laughs> writing this down and be like, this is brilliant. I've thought of everything. <laughs> uh, no holes in this at all. <laughs> look up at, 
you know, just outside lying under a tree, yeah. enjoying the, the sunlight, and you just look up and there's the moon. Like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so close. I like the idea that we, we are currently in the hollow earth. We just don't mm-hmm. know it. But I guess it's the same as... Are we in the Matrix or are we in, you know, a a simulation or is this all the imagination of some kind of godlike being? At some point, you've got to say to yourself, well, at this stage, it couldn't possibly matter. We have no power to... Yeah, it wouldn't make a difference. Yeah, to prove otherwise. There is one guy, he had a theory, quite a recent one, that we are living kind of inside the crust of an Earth and that the Earth we view is... uh, concave rather than right yeah yeah and the reason he had this viewpoint is because he thought that form should match function okay and therefore if we were living in a world uh, created by a god then the kind of shape of this creation would match why it was created and he basically theorized that the universe was essentially made of the same stuff all the way down So it was the same kind of shapes all the way down and that we were kind of living inside it because it's like a cell. Okay. All the way up, it's sort of circular cellular objects with, you know, stuff on the inside. So the only way I can think that it would make a difference to your life is if it could say something about what it actually means (laughs) to fucking be alive. Like you said, it doesn't really matter how or why we came about unless it can have a real impact on your day-to-day life. You know, it's like, oh, okay, it turns out the Earth is Pringle-shaped. Unless there's some kind of existential monster that's going to use the Earth as as a big chip to, to, like, dip into the world's, the universe, nay, largest salsa. Exactly. If we found out something about the shape of the Earth that said something about its purpose... (laughs) <laughs> then maybe it would be worth discovering. But I think that <laughs> implies that it has a fucking purpose. <laughs> Which I guess, you know, at least people who believe in a hollow earth, mm-hmm. their reasoning is that, oh, well, it, that the truth is being hidden from us mm-hmm. because there's nefarious going on. Or, or is it all just, you know, nice things that are being hidden? Well, I think whether it's good or bad, it's coming from a standpoint that there is something inherently valuable that you wish you could have access to right if it's being hidden it's because it has a value to it if we exist in some sort of innate human form in the center of the earth it's because kind of we should whether that's good or bad again it's it's a very human-centric way of looking at things because when you learn about what people think is inside Hollow Earth, it's very, very human-centric again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's got to be understandable to us. It's things that we value as a society or think have been lost for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we assume would be inside of it, like a little... If it were uh, another civilization of people, it would be this utopian, this untainted uh, land of, of people who, who live in harmony and live mm-hmm. for long periods of time and don't want for resources. Or Yeah, and they're 10 feet tall as well. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're giants. Thank you for joining me today with our discussion on hollow earth theory. We touched on a few of the ways that it appears in popular culture, 
and some of the ways that the ideas around it have changed in the last 200 years or so. Join us next time where we talk about some of the most famous hollow earth theories and most famous hollow earth fiction and how it is similar and how it differs from the hollow earth theory as it stands today. Find me on Twitter as Weird Horizon and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.